Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right. Today, we're talking about group thing. It's the dumbing down of mankind. And you know what? The bottom line is our politics, our leadership, our world is all moving towards a thing called groupthink. And why is that so? Well, social media is taking us into this place where we all have to think alike or we dislike each other. We all have to have our own camps, our own little cultures, our own little beliefs, and then we have to surround ourselves with all these wonderful little people who believe the same thing we do, and then we form prejudice against other tribes who think differently than we do. And it's really sad that we as people are learning to think that way because now it's entered into our educational system. It's obviously in our politics. What we used to think about politics is we would hire someone who would be an individual thinker to think for everyone else from a smarter perspective than the group would think. And of course, now what we have is a bunch of people who are hired by lobbyists to be our, polit- our, our leadership. So our world's run by lobbyists and people um, who basically conform to whatever uh, the loudest voice is. And uh, unfortunately, our society is, is degrading. And eventually our world is degrading and eventually all of this will somewhat find an end in some ugly way because we become so stupid and lazy that we can't seem to form relationships with each other. So why not just blow each other up? That's my conclusion. But the bottom line is groupthink is basically a phenomenon that occurs when a group of well-intentioned people makes a rational and non-optimal decision spurred by the urge to conform or the belief that dissent is impossible. And so uh, the problematic or premature consensus that is characteristic of groupthink may be fueled by a particular agenda. Or it may be due to a group of members valuing harmony and coherency above critical thought. Now, what is used to be the, the founding of the United States was such an important thing because democracy meant that we are called rugged individuals. That means we each have our own talents, our own passions, our own purpose, our own intelligence, our own knowledge, and we're in a country where we could forge our own destiny based on those talents. And that means that we are not falling back on the traditional role of what my father and what my predecessors and my mother and my my family had done in the past. Now we're moving into what's called rugged individualism, which is our own future. Now, a, a famous author, Anne Rand, who is Russian, used to write about this concept. Unfortunately, this concept has gone to the wayside. We're all a bunch of sheep and we're following whatever the sheep have to do. And the shepherd is our good, old, wonderful, well-trusted, well-educated, highly uh, skilled, and not-so-old politicians who run our country. Yes, we all are 
wanting to believe the delusions that these people are such fabulous people, but they are not. They're crooked and they take bribes and they're bought and sold by, you know, guess what? Lobbyists. So the term groupthink was first introduced in November of 1971 in an issue of Psychology Today by psychologist Irving Janis. And Janis basically conducted a whole bunch of research on group uh, decision-making under conditions of stress. And since then, you know, he and other researchers found that in a situation that can be characterized as groupthink, people tend to refrain from expressing doubts and judgments or disagreeing with the consensus, much like people do when they are an indoctrinated religion. And I myself am a Christian, but I do not love doctrine. Doctrine is ridiculous because it's man-made and it's a bunch of idiot people who decide what is good for everybody based on their interpretation of the Bible and they'll slam that Bible down on people and make them follow their judgment as far as what the world should be because they know better than all of us what is right and what is wrong because they've read the Bible, they understand it, and they are God. So they shall give us all uh, how to be Christians. You know, it's sad, but the indoctrination has really uh, muddled down and created a lot of problems with Christianity. But unfortunately, that is the way of the world. And this this consensus of the world and this social media is getting us all into a huge, huge mess. You know, members may also ignore ethical or moral consequences when they fall into this stuff. Uh, while it's often invoked in a level of geopolitics within business organizations, meaning they follow guidelines and we follow policies, you know, the, these this crap you would think is is got gr great values to it. A lot of people, when they form groupthink, think they're they're operating on a new sense or a right sense of values, and that's in a very emotional place for most people. Is your values and groups tend to value certain things, and then they'll go to whatever extent whatever crazy extent even to the extent of uh, of putting their life in danger or putting themselves in jail to follow those values and to get the consensus among their group think you know it's sad but we are pack animals and that's our instinct but we as individuals are gifted with passions and purpose in this life and that critical thinking meaning that we actually take another look at someone's point of view and actually look at many different sides rather than just one, we have a tendency to gloss over everybody else's uh, points of view because it's, you know, we're going to black and white it. You're this or you're that. You're, you know, you're too liberal or you're too whatever. Or you're too conservative. We tend to love to label everybody else that has a different point of view and then call ours right. You know, that's called narcissism. Unfortunately, we live in a world that is breeding narcissism upon narcissism. And our children are becoming narcissistic and they're becoming indoctrinated in our educational system that we all, despite the fact that people have penises and vaginas, we all lovely have in our minds what we're supposed to be. Oh, I'm transsexual or I'm homosexual. I'm this or that. Well, look at your equipment first and then evaluate what you really are. You know, sadly, people like to distort in their minds what reality is. And 
they like to defy reality because we are called delusional people. We have delusional components to us. So in that sense, and what I'm trying to get to is we invent a lot of things in our minds. And in our minds, we often live rather than in our life. And what is important about groupthink is we get outside of it and begin to understand that we have the ability, each and every one of us, to develop our own path with our own opinions, with our own knowledge, with our own fate, with our own purposes. And if you let groupthink get in the way, it is going to stop you from becoming the individual that you have potential to be. If we fall into groupthink, we are lazy because we're thinking that all these people have come to these conclusions and they're right. But the sad thing is people come to conclusions because they're biased. And so, you know, bias research is what social media is all about. Thriving on bias research. That is our media today. It's all biased in their own opinions, and they're going to prove themselves right with 1% of the facts and 99% of the conjecture. And it's really sad, but we are dumb enough to follow that. It would be wonderful if we all began to understand that we have to become more educated, more wise. So we gather knowledge in our early life, and then we become wiser in our old life. But nowadays, kids are not ga gathering that much knowledge. They're just thinking they're wise. And it's sad, but we're losing our education. And that means people have to fall into group think because they are not forming their individual thinking. Unfortunately, COVID destroyed a lot of children's ability to understand what their brain is capable of. And so sadly, sadly, this individualistic thinking is losing its way and video games are becoming the most important thing in children's lives and adults' lives, living in a virtual reality rather than reality. Groupthink, by definition, results in a decision that is irrational and dangerous, and it's possible for teams to make decisions harmoniously with little disagreement and in ways that are not necessarily indicative of groupthink. While we well-functioning teams can and should have some conflict, debate, as long as it's respectful, is antithetical to groupthink. It, it goes against it. And yes, we should debate. We should debate when hard decisions are in front of us. We should speculate. We should look forward and try to understand consequential thinking. That is important rather than what am I going to get in the moment, which is how we think today. And groupthink and conformity are related but distinct concepts. Groupthink specifically refers to a process of decision-making. Here we have in this Hamas-Israel war, all these crazy people wanting Hamas and backing Hamas. What they don't realize is they're really backing the Palestinian people, which is what they really want to say. Unfortunately, they're saying Hamas. And so by doing that, what they're doing is they're saying Israel is bad, Hamas is good. Well, Hamas is beheading children and women and taking hostages and destroying people's lives and basically doing that to their very own people. And sadly, we in the world, the, there are groups of highly vocal uh, minority packs of people who are standing around screaming on the corners in gathered uh, uh, groups 
uh, talking about how they're supporting Hamas. Well, no, it's the Palestinians that you should be talking about, the real Palestinians, rather than the idiots who invaded Israel, because the real Palestinians would not have done what they did. You know, groupthink is conformity. And it refers to the process of this decision-making. And it can be motivated by a desire to conform. But it isn't always. And what's in, interesting is conformity pertains to individuals who intentionally or unintentionally shift their behaviors, appearances, or beliefs to sync up with those in the group. But the assumption is, is that the people in the group are the right path for them. Sadly, Many people are lazy and they want to fall into group think simply so they don't have to think. And now people are becoming, especially our children, are becoming so indoctrinated and stupid because the teachers and the universities are all indoctrinated. So they're all indoctrinating our children with projecting their own insecurities and their own viewpoints on our children. They love to do that. And so fortunately, our children are becoming a bunch of packs of sheep, of group thinkers like the teachers and the professors that they're learning from. And, and risky or disastrous military maneuvers such as an escalation of the Vietnam War or the invasion of, of Israel or the invasion of Iraq, these are cited as instances of group think. And so we all have to understand that we are subject to this in this world. And if we want our psychology, if we want to be rational people, if we want to understand that we have our own opinions, we are our own individuals, we have our own talents as people, if we focus more on that and less on where we fit in the world, we might offer more good things to each other and we might have a better balanced life. To recognize groupthink, you have to understand that when you join a group, you're joining a label. You are establishing yourself as a label. You're borrowing an identity rather than establishing an identity. And it's useful to identify situations in which it's most likely to occur. When groups feel threatened, either physically or through threats to their identity, they may develop a strong us versus them mentality. Why do we like sports? Why do we like war? You know, history is utter boredom surrounded by war. So we as people love the us versus them mentality. We love victory. We love all these wonderful things, but we don't always like the consequences after. You know, this prompts people to accept group perspectives, even when those perspectives don't necessarily align with their personal views. It's kind of like if you live in a certain city, like I live in Seattle, well, we have this football team, Seattle Seahawks. They started out really great. But you know what we're starting to find is they're a bunch of watered-down uh, group of people. They're not quite what they represented themselves to be. They're not performing on the field like we all thought they would be. They started strong, but they're watered down. But are they still our team? Yes, they're still our team. But we have to, as individuals, accept the fact that there's a lot of weaknesses on that team and a lot of promises that that team made that is not necessarily what they're capable of doing. The reality is we have to stay objective. Just like in sports, just like in life, we have to stay objective of groupthink. That is how we preserve ourselves, especially 
if there's a fear of being shunned or derided for speaking your mind like we get nowadays in social media, God forbid you make an opinion. I know I'll probably get a thousand million uh, protests on my uh, whatever I've got on this message. There's going to be somebody that has to put their opinion out there uh, in contrary to whatever I'm saying. That's just the way of the world, and I respect that. I think it's great that you got that we all have our opinions but now that we do this watered down version where you're criticized for having an opinion rather than looking at what your opinion means they'd rather criticize you and label you it's called identity politics oh you're one of those so i'm gonna call you that yeah that's really smart yeah boy that's high intelligence isn't it to be able to label somebody wow but unfortunately, that's how stupid our world is today. You know, individual members of a group self-censor. And we have to understand that self-censoring means that they're going to criticize you for getting outside of what the group believes. Now, if you actually asked a real Catholic if they are Catholic, what they believe in, you're going to find that 99.9% .9 of Catholics don't believe everything in the Catholic Church. They believe some of it, but they don't believe all of it. Unfortunately, if they step outside of that box, there's going to be major criticism for what they believe. They could even be ostracized for not believing what the Catholic Church believes. So what is the percent that we all have to follow a group? Is it 60? Is it 50? Is it 90? Is it 99.9? .9? Is it 40? You know, the groups love to, they all have an idea of what you have to be to be a part of a group. And it's really sad to be a part of a group. Yes, we all want to belong. Yes, we all want to be a part of something. But in the end, we have to be very careful about what we label ourselves as. We're going to take a quick break and come right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who were widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned, joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about groupthink, which is a dumbing down of mankind. It's a psychological phenomenon where people basically strive for consensus within a group. And, and people will set aside their own personal beliefs or adopt the opinion of the rest of the group. And, and it, basically, people opposed to the decisions or overriding opinions of the group frequently remain quiet, preferring to keep the peace rather than disrupt the uniformity of the crowd. And so the phenomenon can be problematic, but even well-intended people are prone to making irrational decisions in the face of overwhelming pressure from the group. And, and you know, it may not be easy to discern it, but there are definitely signs of when groupthink is in play. First of all, uh, there's illusions of, of, uh, of members believe that everyone is in agreement and feels the same way when people are in that pocket where they believe everybody thinks the way they do. That is often groupthink, and it's often much more difficult to speak out when it seems that everyone else is in the group is on the same page. Also, unquestioned beliefs are a big part of being of groupthink. Lead members to ignore possible moral problems and not consider the consequences of individual and group actions. The Democratic Party, who votes unanimously on almost every major issue in Congress, all of them, as a pack, vote together. Not one has a brain of their own. They all discount their own individuality and vote as a pack of animals. That's the Democratic Party. Unfortunately, our system was not built on that. Our system was built on each people having their own opinion. And now that group conformity is taking place, our laws are changing, our court systems are changing, and the Democratic Party is becoming the Communist Party. And it's sad. It's sad. And I'm not saying the Republicans are any different because they're pretty much worthless as tits on a boar hog also because they don't fight back that much. And so the bottom line is we're all left out here in the world uh, trying to be individuals, but having to conform by force to whatever the majority is saying has to happen. Also, rationalizing is a part of a group think strategy. It prevents members from reconsidering their beliefs and causes them to ignore warning signs. Also, stereotyping leads members of the in-group to ignore and even demonize out-of-group members who may oppose or challenge the group's ideas. This causes members or the group to ignore important ideas or information. Also, self-censorship causes people who might have doubts to hide their fears and misgivings. Rather than sharing what they know, people remain quiet and assume that the group must know best. Sad. Also, mind guards, they act as self-appointed censors to hide problematic information from the group. This happens constantly. Censorship. Yes, 
rather than sharing important information, they keep quiet or actively prevent sharing. Also, groups and groupthink have this illusion of invulnerability that leads members of the group to overly be optimistic and engage in risk-taking behavior. When no one speaks out or voices an alternative opinion, it basically causes people to believe that the group must be right. So let's all run off over the cliff. You know, direct pressure to conform is often placed on members who pose questions, and those who question the group are often seen as disloyal or traitorous. They're labeled. Unfortunately, that's what groupthink does. And, and four of the main characteristics of groupthink includes this, pressure to conform, the illusion of invulnerability, self-censorship, and unquestioned beliefs. You know, why does groupthink occur? Think about the last time you were part of a group, perhaps during the school project. Imagine that someone proposes an idea that you think is not very good. Or once you get into a group, unfortunately, the group may not form as a group. They may be lazy because that's why people join groups because they're lazy. And so they join a group to belong because they have to belong. So they go into the group to belong. And yes, they may join that group and do some certain things, but there's going to be certain people that have to take the leadership role, especially if it grades on the line. You know, everyone else in the group agrees with the person who suggests the idea. Some people are passive. They don't like conflict. I don't like conflict. I'm not an adult. I can't do conflict. God forbid. You know, but and so the group seems set on pursuing the course of action. Did you voice your dissent or did you just complain about it after or during or the whole time? So the whiners will suck the soul straight out of your body because they'll join the group and then whine about it, you know, but they don't do anything about it. They're not free thinkers. And that's the sad part. Whining people are a demonstration of a lack of intelligence. And in many people, cases, people end up engaging in groupthink when they fear that their objections might disrupt the harmony of the group or suspect that their ideas might cause other members to reject them. You know, God forbid you're a failure. You know, the only problem in this life, anything ends when you quit. It's not when you fail. When you fail, that's a part of learning. We all need to fail. That's the scientific process. That's the process of evolving your thoughts into something wise. Unfortunately, we don't do hard anymore. Hard actually makes your life easier. But we as a society, we are too impatient to do hard. We want everything to be easy. That's why AI is going to basically take over the world because we're so freaking lazy we need somebody else to think for us. You know, we will take advantage of every resource we have. That is our nature as human beings, and that will be the end of us as human beings. So group identity, it tends to occur more in situations where group members are very similar to one another. When there is strong group identity, members of the group tend to perceive their group is correct and superior while expressing disdain or disapproval towards people outside the group. Also, leader influences is a part of group think. It's also more likely to take place when a powerful and charismatic leader commands a group. That's why we get with Trump. 
You know, there's low knowledge. When people lack personal knowledge of something or feel that other members of the group are more qualified, they are more likely to engage in group think. That's the problem with religion. We assume that all these people that have been to seminary have been gifted by God and given the light of God in their brain to go, oh, I have a direct relationship with God. I know what God says. So we believe since they've been to seminary, they have the ability to interpret God for us. Wow. Situations where the group is placed under extreme stress or where moral dilemmas exist also increases the, the occurrences of groupthink. People start to surround the wagons. You know, when there is a high degree of cohesiveness, when there's situational factors that contribute to the group, like external threats, moral problems, difficult decisions, this brings people together into a group think strategy. When there's structural issues, such as group isolation, a lack of impartial leadership, that's where danger happens in group think. You know, things that have attributed to many real world political decisions that have consequential effects is caused by groupthink. You know, there's a lot of examples. Watergate was a great example. You know, the Challenger space shuttle was an example. The invasion of Iraq in 2003, the 2008 economic crisis, all of this had to do with bad assumptions by a group of people who came to conclusions all on their own as a group. And unfortunately, they were wrong. And they took away from our society, they took away from our life by making these grave mistakes because they were so biased in their own thinking. The Vietnam War, for example, was another horrendous mistake that our government made covered by groupthink. You know, it can cause people to ignore important information and it ultimately leads to poor, poor decisions. And this can be damaging even in minor situations, but can have more dire consequences in certain settings. The medical community, the military community, political decisions, all of these affect us as a society. And if groupthink is a big part of it, unfortunately, it's really hard to crack that egg. You know, if somebody at a cancer center thinks that they have the way to treat cancer and there's a group of people that all subscribe to that, they're going to treat the patient to their limitations of the group, but they're not necessarily going to treat the patient to the full extent of what they need to have their cancer treated. And that is the problem when you join into a group strategy. Group strategies all have limits, all have doctrine, all have limitations on what can be and cannot be offered, just like a corporation. And so we in this world have to understand that the real ingenious businesses out there are the businesses, for instance, that are local because they learn how to survive. They're not a big conglomerate corporation. Big conglomerate corporations eventually end themselves because of their own group strategies. They no longer conform to society after a certain amount of time and they lose their value. You know, you would think like an Amazon will be around forever and ever and ever. Well, eventually somebody's going to get a strategy that innovates beyond an Amazon. And I would guarantee you that 30 to 40, maybe 20, maybe 10, maybe five years from now, they will not nearly have the market share that we 
currently experience simply because somebody will out innovate their group think you know that the the group think can be a genetic gen, uh, 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 a general consensus and it's a, a definition of a negative phenomenon that results in faulty or uninformed thinking and decision making and some problems can cause this is like blindness to personal negative outcomes failure to listen to people with dissenting opinions, a very much a lack of creativity, a lack of preparation to deal with negative outcomes, ignoring important information, inability to see other solutions. Now, the people in life who actually thrive are the people who live consultatively, are the politicians who live consultatively, not with the people who actually give them money actually consultatively like their community wouldn't it be nice if all of us had an opinion to a politician god forbid you know we have to understand that we have to value the fact that all of us are intelligent in different ways and we have done hard in different ways and we all need to do hard in different ways and we all need to acquire wisdom from each other life is a consultative process but if you subscribe to a group you forget to consult outside your group unfortunately that's where we lose we as people need to borrow knowledge and learn from each other and understand that all of us are more good than we are bad all of us are more right than we are wrong, and we all need to figure out how to understand each other. If we operated more in that value system, we all would get more out of life, and we'd have an honest, more integral way of living. Unfortunately, integrity is not an important thing in this culture, which means it's going to die. People that sit in nursing homes when they're old and people never show up, Oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes it's because they did not manage their integrity. Well, that goes with society. That goes with groups. That goes with people. If you don't manage your integrity, eventually you're going to be alone in this world. That's the way it goes. And groups that don't manage their integrity oftentimes will find themselves abandoned. We all have to understand that integrity, if it's not a part of a group, it is not going to be a group eventually. You know, breaking up members into smaller ind independent teams is a helpful step in a group. And it gets more ideas. It gets people to think in a more nucleus way with each other to actually contribute to each other and actually make and evolve a group into something better than what it was before. You know, the leader of the group should, should avoid stating their opinions or preferences when assigning things. Give people time to come up with their own ideas first before they assert themselves. This is a huge way that corporations and groups can actually innovate themselves. Assign at least one individual to take the role of the devil's advocate and know that they are and don't demonize them for it. Assign one individual uh, to discuss the ideas with an outside member in order to get impartial opinions. So not one individual, but one individual or other people outside to get other people's views on your view as a group. You also want to encourage group members to remain critical. 
Don't discourage dissent or challenges to the prevailing opinion if you want to stop people from groupthink. You know, before big decisions, people need to hold a high a second chance meeting when members have the opportunity to express any remaining doubts. A lot of horrible things have been stopped by the fact that they had a second chance meeting before they implemented a decision. Also, you want to reward creativity. Give people regular opportunities to share their ideas and thoughts. Also, assign specific roles to certain members of the group that have talents that can offer the group something greater than what it's doing itself. You also want to set metrics and definitions to make sure that everyone is basing decisions on judgments or the same information. Because if everybody's operating off different information, which a lot of groups that are way too big do, then what happens is you don't realize that there are a lot of differences in the groups and you're not taking advantage of each other's knowledge. Also, diversity is also to enhance decision-making. Diversity is important. Does diversity have to be cultural? Does it have to be color? No, it can be points of view. And that is also an important point of diversity. You know, but the bottom line is when people in groups have diverse backgrounds and experiences, they're better able to bring different perspectives, different information, different ideas to the table. And people become more valuable when they have their own contributions to make and they feel more valued and more a sense of belonging, which is what we really want out of a group. We want a sense of belonging in a group. That is what we yearn for. It's not necessarily the doctrine that a group offers. That's what we need to understand as human beings. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk about the social aspects of groupthink and how to some examples of groupthink and how to not follow groupthink. Come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Stuck in a state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show, Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right step approach that will move you toward the life you really want. You too can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, 
please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about groupthink and how this is dumbing down mankind. And I'll tell you something. Anonymity, which is the ability to not target people for their sex, their age, their name, you know, whatever their opinions are, whatever their viewpoints are. If you give people anonymity in a group, there is a better chance for that group to evolve into something healthy. If you don't give anonymity in a group, people are not going to offer their opinions. People are going to stay quiet. They're going to try to belong as long as they can belong, but eventually their views and the views of the group may actually part ways. It's really interesting that when you look at churches, churches after 125 people, every time they grow from 125 people, what happens is they have to change their doctrine. They have to change their mission statement. And they do that because they have to evolve to more people. And the more people you have in a group, the more you have to change your, uh, uh, basically your policies, your guidelines, what your group believes. You have to revisit it every single time. So as groups grow and grow and grow, they evolve into something different every single time. The problem is with groupthink is when you have no anonymity, like our Senate, you know, where they all have to vote down party guidelines or they're going to be disassociated from their political party like the Democratic Party does. Uh, bottom line is you have to fall in line. You have to fall in line. You are not a individual. When you run for Senator Congress, you are a thing to vote. You are a person with a body. Vote for the party. That's how our political system is operating. Unfortunately, that's what's going to kill all of us because not all of us believe what their group believes. Sadly, they think all of us believe what their group believes because they're entitled because they were elected to Congress, even though half of them stole their own elections. You know, the problem is in this world, we are delusional. We let groups delude us. We let people assume power who should not have power because we as individuals no longer respect knowledge. We no longer respect individuality. Sadly, COVID allowed this old man in our office to basically destroy our individuality as human beings. We all had to hide in our own little places because of this horrible virus which unfortunately we've had the flu, we've had the black plague, we've had everything else. But, you know, of course, this time, in this moment, we all had to be a bunch of cattle hiding from our political uh, godfather in office. And so it's unfortunate, but we as people are, are living in a world that these horrible groups are running our lives. And is that bandwagon going to stop? 
No, not until people actually form a revolution of themselves, whether it's a technological revolution, a physical revolution, something is going to happen where we have to retake our government, our life, and claim our individuality again. Or maybe we just all have to move to another country like people did the United States and start all over again. You know, American officials did not anticipate or adequately prepare for even the Pearl Harbor bombing in 1941. They ignored external information that the Japanese were planning the attack, thinking they would never dare to fight the American superpower. That's arrogance. That's what groups do. They are arrogant. They also, the Vietnam War in the 60s resulted from the U.S. government's feelings of invincibility underestimating the opponent's abilities and ignoring opposing viewpoints. They did not understand guerrilla warfare. They did not understand what it was like to fight in the jungle. And so they go out there and they throw our poor children into these forests and woods and places, jungles. And guess what? They died horrible deaths because of these idiots who thought that it was okay to go to this war. The Bay of Pigs invasion. In Cuba, was the illusion of invulnerability based on faulty assumptions that the Kennedy administration launched in an unsuccessful attack against Cuba. Also, uh, uh, a homogeneous uh, team of American decision makers decided to go to Iraq. Their illusion of invulnerability and moral righteousness led them to a, 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 a disregard for intelligent information about weapons of mass destruction. Employees, oftentimes, here's another example, not speaking up in a work meeting because they don't want to seem unsupportive of their team's efforts. Students not opposing the strict professor's views or behaviors because they're concerned about how that might affect their grades. These are examples of how groupthink operates. A political organization having a firm ideological agenda, their sources of information are limited to those aligned with their ideology, bias, research. And so the group might come to distrust and even inflict violence on outgroup members with different political views. You know, this is how it goes. Members of a close-knit group might ignore or underestimate information that challenges their decisions. Also, they, they launch offensive uh, advertising campaigns against people who dissent against them. And it's sad. It's sad that this is how our world is becoming, and social media is the main ingredient. We all forget, and we all understand that that we all know that what we're listening to, what we're reading, what we're seeing on the news is whatever's coming out of that idiot's mouth and not and whoever's producing it and whoever's editing it on the backside, it is not necessarily the truth. And that is the sad thing that we all have to understand. We are surrounded by newspeak. Brave new world. Newspeak is what we live in. That is groupthink. Pour it all over us every day until we figure out that, oh, that must be reality because I'm too lazy to fight it. I'll just assume that's reality. They must have figured it all out, and I'll just go with that. And that's what us as sheep, especially after COVID, have taught ourselves to be. 
You know, that it's really important for us to understand that we can counter groupthink and we have to help ourselves. If you're going to do groupthink, if you're going to start a corporation, if you're going to start a company, get diversity. You know, each person needs to be critically important in their points of views, in their talents, in what they bring. They need to be great teams are surrounded by diverse people of great talent. And they need to interview and be curious about each other enough to pull together and understand that the truth is not necessarily my truth. The reality of what we can create may be something greater as us all together than as all of us apart. But that is a collaborative effort of creativity. That is not an effort of a group to blend into one point of view. Also, you know, it's very important for us to encourage personal and professional development to avoid groupthink. It's really easy to do the same job over and over and over again, especially out over years. But if you're going to do the same job over and over again, it is going to get stale. You have to continue to educate your mind to do greater things and learn more. If we don't do that, we burn out, we die young, and we live a life of a lack of potential. We cope with life rather than living. There's a huge difference in that. We also need to uh, celebrate each other having different opinions. It's more importantly, celebrate the strategic mind of everybody. But that doesn't mean we agree with them. All that means is you validate. Oh, so you think that. I understand. Okay, so this is how you see it. I get that. That doesn't mean you agree, but we care enough about each other respectfully to validate. And that includes people that are batshit crazy because there's a lot of batshit crazy out there. It's okay to validate it. You just don't have to agree with it. The other thing is to understand that group think people that have crazy ideas love to get together in groups and then scream as loud as they can. And we as people give them an audience. Well, that's great. It's nice to validate them. That is what we need to be doing rather than saying, oh, you're right. Oh, yes. You know, no group is right. Nobody in this life holds the truth. And that is the way it is. That is life. All perfect things evolve into something even better. You know, when things we call things perfect, they are not. We have this idea that things are perfect, but there is no perfect. And so in our culture, groups also like to evolve to a sense of perfection. But there is none. It is what the group wants that becomes their perfect ideal. It's what the, what it, what the result means to them is their, percep is their perception of perfection. We have to understand that all groups have a perception of perfection in their mind. And unfortunately, when they have that locked down, Anybody that doesn't belong to that ideal is not going to belong because they take away from the group. Or you're going to be indoctrinated eventually over time because we're going to consistently pour our truth down your throat until you agree with it. You know, the funny thing is, in most work environments, that, that it's a fertile breeding ground for groupthink and actually prevents people from critical thinking to flourish within the discussions. It's important for people, if we want to get away from groupthink, for us to uh, be uh, Socratic learners. What Socrates 
And the philosophers did is they sat on the steps of the Acropolis, ideally, and they all would sit there and share ideas about a certain topic. And each would learn from each other. And each had a different perspective. And in that, each would grow from the knowledge that each other shared. And they respected that because each had a different perspective. If more of us were Socratic, we would have a better basis of intelligence to operate our world, to operate our life, and to operate as people. Socratic learners are not groupthink. They are wise people who share wisdom. And that's what we need to be as people. Having a know-it-all attitude is stupidity. People who think they're always right are stupid. Yes, stupid. And you have to understand that anybody that thinks they're always right is somebody you need to move as far away from as possible. You can acknowledge them. Oh, that's what you think. I get it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. That doesn't mean you have to agree with them. And people that tend to agree with know-it-all attitudes are people that don't like conflict. So unfortunately, we as people have to forge a life. And if you're going to forge a life, you have to have your own opinions. And people that think they're right don't like to hear other people's opinions. So what you want to do is shut their voice down and move yourself to somewhere where people are more intelligent, where they actually listen and care and want to learn from each other. That's where life is at its best. Also, a lack of psychological safety causes people to fall into groupthink. You know, it's relatively a, a new concept, but it's vital to the workplace. This is knowledge that you won't be reprimanded or punished for expressing something or making a mistake. That is important. We all need to have that. If we are not safe, we do not live in a sense of higher intelligence. We live to survive. That's sad. If you live in an environment that is unsafe, you are learning how to survive and not how to live. People who live are safe. And that means that we have to relatively in this life, though none of us are always fully safe, the more safety we have, the more opportunity that we have to be intelligent. But that doesn't mean we have to join a pack. The more unsafe we are, the more we join packs, and the more we pack together, and despite the fact that we may not agree on things. So we as creatures need to get a little bit smarter about our lives and need to respect the fact that each of us has our own opinion and some sense of right about all of us. All right, that's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I love hearing from you. You can do that on our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, every dead body on Mount Everest was once a highly motivated person. Also, some people just need to high-five in the face. Also, be friends until you're old and senile, and then be new friends. Also, two things are infinite, the universe and human stupidity. You know, and Albert Einstein said, uh, I'm not sure about the universe. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. 
Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 